KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. This is KYW News Radio in depth. I'm Matt Leon. As a result of the COVID-19 pandemic, the Philadelphia Flower Show this year was held in June and outside at FDR Park, not at its usual home at the Convention Center. The Pennsylvania Horticultural Society, the organization behind the Flower Show, made sustainability a key when it came to the utilization of FDR Park. We wanted to learn more about that, so we caught up with Sam Lemhenny. He is the chief of shows and events for the Pennsylvania Horticultural Society. Give a listen. Tell me the origin story of the flower show being at FDR Park. Obviously, it's COVID-driven, but was this a natural fit? How did it all come together? Yeah, it was um, It's a really good question. It was uh, a lots of conversations, lots of research, lots of investigation. You know, when we closed down the show in March of 20, we thought that, you know, COVID was literally the week after we closed our show down. That's when everything else shut down. And we thought, you know, as, as did everybody, that this was only going to last for a couple of weeks, maybe a couple of months, and we'd be back in, into the swing of things. But obviously, that as time went on, we knew that that wasn't going to happen. And so um, we met with our board, um, our team, the creative team, and the board met and discussed options that we had. We talked a lot, a lot of different options for this and we finally landed on what we can do this show outdoors we know safer it's going to be safer outdoors for our visitors for our volunteers for our staff um and we're most likely going to have the best chance to have a show if it is outdoors so then then it was okay where 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 can we have this big show that we do that attracts thousands of people um still have the space to socially distance everybody do all the covid um uh, protocols that we needed to do um, but still be able to hold the flower show that's been going on in this city since 1829, right? This is 193rd show. So it's been a long tradition here. So we had to find a place that worked really well, had enough parking, had great access, had public transportation, and uh, was big enough for us to do that. And FDR Park, after about 15 to, I think it was close to 15 different sites we actually looked at, um, FDR Park rose to the top and uh, we... We picked up the phone and called our good friends at the Parks and Recs uh, at Parks and Rec with Catherine Ott Lovell, who, you know, they're great friends and great partners of ours on a on a daily basis in the city. And uh, they were very excited about us. I think the first people to know that we were heading to FDR Park were the people in her neighborhood because she allowed out such a hoot. She was on her deck and she was just ec- ecstatic about us coming down there. So, um, yeah, it was it was a long process. It was probably about a month and a half process before we actually made the decision. So once the decision's made and it's time to get to work logistically setting up or whatever, how big a mountain was that to climb? Yeah, I think the, you know, we knew we were in for a challenge when we had to go from indoors to outdoors. The convention center is such a great location. It has all the infrastructure that you need. Electricity's in the floor, water's in the floor. <laughs> Anytime you need something, you just call the, the folks at the convention center and it's there. Um, we had to actually figure out how to produce all of that stuff at FDR Park. And um, that was probably our biggest challenge is really figuring out all the logistics between water, electricity, um, the restrooms. Um, we had to, there's some restrooms at FDR, but not not nearly enough for the thousands that we had come to the show. So yeah, the infrastructure. And then, you know, that was our hardest challenge. And then doing this in less than a year, we typically take about 18 months to plan our event. This is that big and and it takes that many moving parts to do this. 
Um, it takes us a long time to do that. And uh, to do this in nine months and do it literally all virtually, we, we none of us, uh, our team never really was together as a big team until we actually hit the site for load-in. And uh, we, uh, we did it and uh, we pulled it off. I'm so proud of the team and so proud of all the volunteers and so proud of the the contractors that worked with us and really sort of came along this journey with us to make this happen. It was uh, pretty special, special for us to do. And it sounds like a big key to doing it at FDR Park or, or one of the big ripple effects was the work to kind of improve the sustainability at FDR Park. Kind of talk about that. Was that a driving force? Was that uh, a nice bonus kind of where did that fit in in the puzzle of putting this together? Yeah, and we, we have a great partnership with the folks from Parks and Rec. And so we work with them on different programs throughout the city throughout the year, not just on this flower show. So we have a really good relationship with Catherine and her her deputy directors. And it, it just was it, it was actually part of the conversation from the very beginning. They understood the the potential impact of the flower show. We as PHS and our mission is really to improve these great gardens that we have we we, we work and 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 work alongside parks and rec with the uh the gardens on the parkway we work with the navy yard gardens we do a lot of other um, improvements of gardens throughout the city in our vacant lot or, or a land care program that we work with the city on so there was a lot of history and a lot of relationship of, of building better gardens building better community um, and really helping the health and well-being of the individuals that attend those gardens and so that's the mission of phs working with Parks and Rec to do that, that was an easy thing to do. And so when we knew we would have um, some great benefits from the flower show that can help improve that park and improve the um, the actual uh, existence for the visitors and for the park goers on, on a yearly basis. So that was definitely part of the conversation really early on. And when we hear people talk about sustainability, kind of define it for me in this realm. What yeah. you know are some of the things you're trying to do? What are the goals and as a follow-up to that, kind of what were you inheriting when you start day one at FDR Park? Yeah, it's a good good question. Sustainability is sort of, um, we like to think about that in the broadest terms of, of how, do we, how do we improve the location? Um, what do we do to improve the, the earth and leave it better than when we started? So um, sustainability is a big project for us, not only just for the FDR Park, but as the show. And recycling and reusing and composting and um, donating plants out to, uh, we do that every year. But this was a unique opportunity for us to see FDR Park, um, understand where there were some things that we we knew we could help improve on. We had a lot of great partnerships with uh, Bartlett Tree and some other tree companies that we worked with to improve the the, the health and, and long, longevity of the treescape at, at FDR Park where the show was. So we were able to do a lot of pruning. Um, there were still some some trees that needed pruning from the bad storm we had in 2019. Um, and then we also did a lot of fertilizing for those to help the longevity of that with those partners. Um, we we worked to improve the um, some of the infrastructure that was at the park. The, a lot of the walkways and um, had become overgrown and, and not really um, maintained over the time. You know, there's budget issues at, at, at the Parks and Rec that we ha, uh, we could help with. And so that we were able to improve that and and repave a lot of the walkways there. Um, we, we, we repainted the ceiling of the boathouse, which is, looks gorgeous right now, which is great. And a lot of people using that uh, every day and, and improving that structure, taking off the graffiti, 
improving the cracks and crevices that were starting to form in the in the uh, gazebo or the Olmstead Pavilion there um, to improve the look and feel of that. So people can use a lot of people use that for wedding photos and for graduation photos. And so we were able to help improve that. We donated a lot of plant material. Um, uh, the folks at Parks and Rec, the team there, they were just like kids in a candy store going around and just shopping and picking out plants and uh, really sort of to help bring the park to life. And we created a couple of new gardens. We actually helped plant uh, a couple of new gardens and, and improve some of the gardens at the Swedish um, American Swedish Museum. Um, so, yeah, so there was a, quite a few things that we were able to do to help improve. And Justin um, and his team down there were great partners with us and they uh, they welcomed us with open arms. Um, and we, we we made sure that they were taken care of and that we worked together as a team to make sure that we were able to get that. And he did a lot of work and we helped with uh, clearing out some of the, the, the vegetation and the, and the invasives that were starting to surround the lake down there. So there was quite a few things that we, we left behind and, and, and did to improve that site for the, for the, for the visitors that go there every day. You had mentioned recycling earlier uh, and I read something recycled ben- benches made from recycled material yeah. kind of, t- you know, talk to me, explain to me how that works. Yeah, so when we are gathering up all of our trash and our debris from the flower show, we did separate that. We were able to um, really recycle and collect. Um, Our recovery rate was 83% of our trash was either recycled or recovered uh, or reused. So that's a huge piece. And on our way to try and get to zero waste, 465 tons of material were hauled um, and recycled. So this is something that we we, we really um, take pride in, and it was really something that we were able to take do a lot more this year. Um, the benches came from um, original bench was made from recycled materials from Subaru Subaru's headquarters, which is right over Terry Hill. They're a big sponsor and partner of ours, and so they created a bench um, in in their exhibit, and then we were able to collect enough shrink wrap and and, and plastic materials that then we were able to send that to um, uh, get more two more additional benches created that'll be permanent features at the at FDR park um, for that were there other things you were able to use utilize the recycled materials for were the benches the extent of it the benches were the one thing that actually um, were there I don't know what you know we certainly recycled a, a, a lot of plastic um, we, we composted many of the plants that were that had run their 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 you know, their life at the, at the flower show, we were able to give away almost 27,000 plants to nonprofits and other organizations that we work with around the city. Um, the zoo to name a couple, a lot of community gardens, PHS used a lot of the material in gardens around the city as well. So not only did FDR park benefit from those plants um, and they I think it was close to 2,500 plants that went to, to the um, FDR park, but um, they were, there's a lot of other people that were able to benefit from the reuse of, some, of, of the live plants and be able to put them, that was one of the, put them back in the garden. W- one of the benefits of having the flower show in the June timeframe is they were able to take those plants and put them right in the garden. In March, sometimes you have to take those plants and put them in a greenhouse and hold them so they can survive outside um, in May. But uh, with this flower show and the timing, it allowed us to give away so many more plants and so many people were able to benefit from those plants that, you know, certainly entertained the folks that came to the flower show and then, um, had a second life um, after the flower show. Has this experience just in the planning and having it outdoors this year, has this changed thinking of future flower shows or I shouldn't say change, but has it added a dimension that maybe you guys hadn't considered in the past? 
Yeah, it's been, been a lot of conversations since the Flower Show ended this year and actually during the Flower Show and how, how well received it was, knowing that we have um, saw an increase in diversity and in, in, in age as well as culture um, and ethnic, ethnicity diversity at the show. So there's a lot of benefits in, that we saw when, when we had the show and that we're looking to how do we take advantage of that and what do we do in the future. Um, the Philadelphia Flower Show at the Convention Center is really, that's the tradition, that's what people love. And in the surveys, people said they want it back at the Convention Center, but that doesn't mean that we can't think about and have different conversations about you know, a show outside as well. So let, we're, we're having lots of conversations about that, nothing in concrete, nothing definitive as we as we speak right now but we're definitely having lots of conversations about it and the idea i mean sustainability i know is a big part of of what you guys do but the impact you were able to have at fdr park do you look at that and does that figure into planning for future events if not the flower show just you guys were make, able to make an impact here to an important place there are other important places in philadelphia uh could you see you guys trying to do things in other places to have if I don't know if you can have that kind of huge impact because it's a flower show, but to have an impact from a sustainability standpoint? Certainly from a PHS standpoint, I, I'm not sure about the flower show, but we, we help to impact this city on a daily basis, right? We have a, our, our land care program has millions of acres of, of vacant lots that we have turned into clean and green areas that have helped improve neighborhoods. We do uh, you know, have an amazing network of of community gardens around the city that we help and 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 help to improve and and help them and sustaining that. We work with Parks and Rec on the the Parkway and and other gardens throughout the city. The Art Museum, Navy Yard, um, these are gardens, and and we work with the Sports Complex. We work with them to continue to provide gardens and space with a lot of natives, a lot of non-invasive plants that really are beautiful plantings, but require a lot of, a lot less maintenance, a lot less water and a lot less fertilizer that we're designing gardens in a way that really are beneficial to the environment and beneficial to the neighborhoods and beneficial to the people that experience them. So uh, I can say that we have been doing that and we will continue to do that. And when there's opportunities for us to, to do that more, we will definitely look at that because that's what PHS is and that's what our, our mission is. And when it comes to the question of sustainability, what is the biggest challenge Overall, what is the, the some of the toughest hurdles to to get over in order to to make it an impact on an environment? Like you said earlier, uh, leaving it better than you found it. The separating separation of of all of the materials when you when you're talking about the amount of waste that we have from from the individuals that come from food and from you know all the other um, waste that comes out of the flower show separating it out, having the staff, having the time, having the people on the hands to do that, I think is one of our biggest challenges. Finding people who can take all the different streams as well as, as while we were able to pretty much find um, places to take uh, most of our stuff this year, there was still, you know, it was a struggle to find those places who can actually do it. Um, when you, Especially when you call up and say, we've got 213 tons of concrete blocks that we want to be able to recycle who can take that volume and who can handle that volume. And I think that's probably another big challenge that we have, but you know, as things continue and we continue to work on this and the, and the industry changes and we're doing things like this um, and we're leading the way and leading the charge, hopefully others will do that. So there's other businesses that will potentially come online to help, uh, to help with the recycling because it's such an important piece 
um, the reuse of that concrete and going back into other aggregates and other building materials, the composting of, of organic materials that then goes to improving gardens and going into soil mixes and, and improving the, the soil. It's just such a great um, way for the flower show to give back, but also ways for people to understand that they can do it in their, doesn't need to be a flower show to have an impact, right? Um, you as an individual in your own home can do the exact same thing. And most of us have to recycle. A lot of townships actually are, have recycled bins and recycled programs that you have to do and you will do. Um, so the more that that can happen, the, the better that we are in this in environment will be. Um, and then picking the right materials as well. Um, so you have less, less waste as well. And my final question, I, you know, we talked about the future of the flower show and the success having it outdoors. When do you expect to have the, the details of 2022 mapped out? Yeah, we're working on that right now. Um, we're hoping to have a decision really soon. We're hoping by the end of September, we'll be able to make an announcement as to what, what that, what that looks like, what the theme is and when the dates are for the flower show in 22. We're still, you can imagine there's lots of things going out there with COVID and, and the variants and, and, you know, mask mandates and things like that that are coming up. So we're trying to gather as much information, as much data as possible so that uh, we can make that decision. That's it for this episode of KYW News Radio In-Depth. You can listen to the podcast free anytime on the Odyssey app, and you can find it wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Matt Leon, and we'll have another episode out soon.